welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Good morning. Happy summer. We're full on into it, aren't we? If I have not met you yet, my name is Melissa. TJ had introduced me before, but um, we pastor Soul Revival Church, and it's just such an honor to be back into our normal normal rhythm of church. Um, last weekend was fun. We had a cookout that we brought indoors, which was still a good time. Um, but this weekend we're back, and it's awesome to be here. We are in the beginnings of our summer series that we title Summer Mixtape Volume 3. How many remember mixtapes? Yeah. They're the best, aren't they? They're all your favorites playing. And so what's fun about the Summer Mixtape series is that it's actually topics sent in by you. So if you get our church email, here's a plug for our Connect card if you have not gotten plugged in with that yet. But if you get our church email, then you have the opportunity to follow the link and submit a topic. It could be anything. What are you wondering about God? What do you want to learn more about? Um, And so a lot of the topics in this series are coming from you, which is really cool. Like I said, we're in summer mode, and I have three boys. We have three boys. Ten, nine, and seven, to get that right. Ten, nine, and seven. And as a parent, I love summer, and I also love school. And... um, It's like starting to get to that point where like, oh, wow, it's like three weeks in. And there's like five weeks left or however long is left. I'm not really counting down the days. But the days are long sometimes. And it's because as a parent, I feel like so much of what I say is just on repeat. Like I wish I had a recorder to just push record sometimes and then just play it back in their face. Like I just told you this five minutes ago. And one of the things that I say often, we say often in our house that is always on repeat, is that our words matter. There's power in what you say. Watch what you say. Everything you say matters. It's just constant. The boys struggle with their words. I don't. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Because they struggle with their words, I also struggle. It's like a vicious circle in our house, right? And so it's really good for us to figure out as a family, how do we manage our words well? So one of the things that we've said to the boys, and it's been helpful for us as parents and as grown adults um, since they were very little, is we always go through a list of really short questions after they might have said something mean about their brother or about themselves or anything, really. It's, is it kind, is it helpful, and is it true? Is it kind, is it helpful, is it true? It's a really easy filter for us and our family to pause, to process, and to invite the Holy Spirit into a moment where we might just be spewing words off the top of our head and not even thinking about the effects of them. Is it kind? Is it helpful? Is it true? And we didn't just pull this from thin air. We didn't just get this in our own wisdom. It's actually found in Scripture as, an, as a guide, as a warning and an encouragement to us on how to manage our words well. 
Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything, somebody say everything. There you go. We're awake today. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Let everything you say be good and helpful because your words have power to encourage someone in the things that you say. We use a whole lot of words every day, don't we? And so we need a whole lot of help in this area of our lives, don't we? Or is it just me? (laughs) I know I do. The average person speaks 16,000 words a day. I also found that the average man speaks 7,000 and the average woman speaks 20,000. I was watching your reaction there. (laughs) 16,000 words a day on average. What got me, though, is that this statistic is about our spoken word. This is how much we say out loud to people every single day. That's not even considering that now, through the internet and social media, every person has a platform. Every person has a platform And now it's not just about the 16,000 words on average that we speak out in a single day. It's what we're writing and posting and resharing. Every word matters. Our words are many and farther reaching than ever before. So this morning, we're going to look at what the word of God has to say about our words. And you might not know this, but there's actually a whole lot of scripture that speaks to the power of our words. God's word is full of instruction, of warnings, of encouragement, of admonishment, all around the things that we say. Because believe it or not, everything we say matters to God. Over 130 times, gossip is admonished in the Bible. Over 120 times, slander is spoken against in the Bible. Over 120 times, the power of our words, the power of the tongue is spoken about in the Bible. Every single word we say matters. In fact, the Bible emphasizes just how much power we hold in our tongue. The tongue holds the power of life and death. Proverbs 18.21 says this, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Ouch. (laughs) So this morning, the title of my message is The Power of Our Words. And I think this is a good place for us to pause and pray before we continue on. God, I thank you so much that in your kindness, you have spoken instruction and wisdom to us through your word. I pray in this moment, Holy Spirit, that I would get out of the way and that it would be your word that goes forth in our hearts, that it would be your word that bears fruit in our hearts today. 
that you would transform us by the power of your Holy Spirit from the inside. Which, oh, wait, hello? I'm on. Thank you, Jesus and Dad back there on the soundboard. <laughs> Woo. How funny is that? The power of our words, you will be silenced. <laughs> okay, guys, give me a sec <laughs> just to get my bearings. What was I saying? I prayed. Okay, we're in a good place. Okay, the power of our words. I'm going to begin in James chapter 3, starting at verse 2. And if you have your Bible with you, if you're on the Bible app, I won't think that you're doing something else. Go ahead and open it up. Or it should be put on the screen behind me. But James chapter 3, starting at verse 2. And this is all about the power of our tongue. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. I want to pause. We're all on the same page. We all have the same struggle. If we didn't, we would be perfect and we wouldn't need Jesus, but here we are. We need Jesus. And so this is encouragement to every one of us. We all make mistakes. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. Get this, it can set your whole life on fire. That part got me. Because how many times have, whether it's been our own doing or someone else's doing, speaking against us, have we felt like our whole world's just gone up in flames? It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, 
birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Who has been made in the image of God? Every person your physical eye sees is deeply loved by God and has been created by God in his image. So when we're praising God on Sunday and cursing our brother or sister on Monday, it's not okay. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. That's a word, isn't it? You can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. We can't be salty, y'all. <laughs> oh, do you guys remember that? Oh, my gosh. Just rolling with it today. <laughs> Cursing and praising God with the same tongue. He says, this is not right. This simply cannot be. Our words matter. Our words hold power. So the question is, what are our words actually saying? Or what fruit are they producing? You might be wondering why I have fruit on my table. When I think of our words producing fruit, I just want us to get this image in our mind of good and bad fruit. Good fruit and rotten fruit. And when I think about rotten fruit, I don't know about you, but I often have rotting bananas on my counter. This is from home. Um, it's either like they go fast or they sit there for like two weeks. And I'm not one to make banana bread, so don't ruin my illustration because I know it makes the best banana bread. But let's just pretend we don't make banana bread and they just are stinking up our counter. So this banana I want to represent the rotten fruit that gets produced from the rotten words that come out of our mouth on a day-to-day -day basis. Rotten fruit. To me, bananas rotting are the worst smell in the world. I'm struggling up here. And there's gnats. If you, can, you can't see them, but there's gnats swarming around my fruit. And then this apple, this red, delicious apple is going to represent the fruit of the Spirit, the good fruit that can be produced out of our life. So I'm going to break down this morning, and I want us to take a moment to really just lean into this, because this isn't a comfortable message. It's not one that's going to necessarily make us feel all happy and cozy and comfy and like, oh, I just got a word today. We're going to go out of here today and we're going to be like, oh, I just got a word today. And sometimes that's what the Holy Spirit does. So I want us to kind of lean in to the cringe-worthy moments this morning because I want to break down some of the things that we allow ourselves to speak out 
over ourselves, over our lives, over other people, over our situations that are actually producing rotten fruit. And I want you to have this image of a smelly, rotten banana when we go through this. And I want us to take a moment to really invite the Holy Spirit in. God, search our heart. If there's any impure way, if there's any offensive way within me, I pray that you would reveal it so that you can refine it, so that I can look more like you, so that I can produce good fruit from my life. And so we're going to take an inventory. We're going to self-assess this morning on the words that we're allowing ourselves, that we're choosing to say. And remember, James 3.2 says we all make mistakes. This isn't condemnation. Condemnation leads to shame and, and devastation. And conviction leads to growth and transformation. Okay? We're on the same page? Okay, let's go. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the things that we allow to come out of our mouths that produce rotten bananas on our tree. What is the bad fruit being produced in the things that we speak. Ask ourselves, do we use our words to speak negatively? Negative, negative speaking, negative self-talk even. Are we talking down on ourselves, about ourselves all the time? Negative talk, having a critical spirit, Finding the bad, the wrong, the ugly in every situation we come up against, in every person that we come up against, that leads to destruction. And it actually reveals in us a spirit of bitterness. When all we see is the negative, when all we speak is the negative. Do we use our words to complain a lot? We complain about everything. It's too hot one day. This is the Midwest people. I do this myself. It's too hot one day, then it's too cold the next day, then it's too rainy and I can't do what I want to do, and then it just goes on and on. We complain about a lot of things that we don't even realize we're complaining about. Do we use our words to spew complaints? It's really hard to be thankful for anything when we're complaining about everything. Praise and cursing cannot come out of the same mouth. It really can't happen at the same time. So if we're using our words to complain, to speak negatively, to see the bad, to see the wrong, to have a critical spirit of people and situations and our circumstances, then that's all we're going to see. There's power in the words that we say. Do we use our words to vent anger and frustration. It's okay to have feelings of anger. It's okay to be frustrated. But do we find ourselves in a place where when we get around anyone, we just have to vent it out? Man, I'm just so angry about this person. I'm just so angry about that person. I'm just so frustrated with traffic. I'm just, and it just goes on and on and on. Harsh words. Spewed anger only reveals that our heart is full of anger. Are our words full of cursing and coarse jokes? 
in words that reflect the world and the world's value system over Christ. See, our words matter. Our words have power. Our words can either point people to Jesus in us or our words can point people to the world and their value system. Do we use our words to tear down others, to tear down ourselves, or to build others up, to put courage into people, to speak life over people? See, God's word is full of instruction and wisdom on the power of our words. Like I said, there's over 300 verses I could have chosen to speak into this moment. But I just want to read a few verses throughout Proverbs, the book of wisdom, for us this morning. Proverbs 15.1. A soft and gentle and thoughtful answer turns away wrath. But a harsh and painful and careless word stirs up anger. Proverbs 15.4. A soothing tongue, speaking words that build up and encourage, is a tree of life. But a perversive tongue, speaking words that overwhelm and that depress, crushes the spirit. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. Proverbs 15.28. But the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. When we're quick to respond and react with our words, when we're quick to spew anger, hatred, frustration, what we get is what we put out. Last and certainly not least, when I'm asking these questions, how are we using our words? I want to ask ourselves this Are we using our words to spread gossip and slander? This is a big deal to God. If you remember, gossip is warned about, admonished, 133 times in Scripture, and slander 120 times. Why? Why does God care so much about these two things? Because the enemy uses gossip and slander to destroy and divide the body of Christ, to tear down the people of Christ. It's one of the most effective tactics of the enemy to destroy relationships and bring about division. Even in the church, especially in the church, where God has a mission and a vision and he's called us to one heart and one mind and one purpose in a body of Christ that's unified, going after kingdom things. And the enemy knows it and he knows how much more power there is with a church that is unified in Christ. And so he comes in sly and clever and begins to plant seeds of gossip and division and slander. So let's take a look at this. What is gossip? What is gossip? The definition of gossip says this. It's casual, unconstrained conversation about other people. Typically involving details that you don't even know to be true. 
It's talking about other people. Did you hear? Did they tell you? Did you know this was going on? Anytime we talk about someone who is not in the conversation itself, that's gossip. What is slander? Slander takes it a step further. Slander is speaking badly against someone, whether it's true or not. Slander is actively speaking against someone's character, someone's integrity, someone's heart, someone's intentions. Slander are all of those type of comments or conversations that would put places seed of doubt about someone else's reputation or someone else's character. That's slander. Proverbs 16, 28 says, Destructive people produce conflict, and gossips alienate close friends. It's wisdom. It's a simple truth. Proverbs 26, 20 Fire goes out without wood, and quarrels disappear when the gossip stops. Proverbs 20, 19. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. Proverbs 17, 4. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay attention, close attention, to slander. 2 Timothy 2, 16 and 17. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer. See, our words matter. If we're speaking 16 to 20,000 words a day, we have every opportunity to fall into the trap of gossip and slander. And one of the ways that we protect ourselves here at Soul Revival Church is that all of our servant leaders are affectionately on the Revival Squad, affectionately known as the Revival Squad. And on the Revival Squad, we have a culture code because we believe that the culture is either something you create or what you allow. And one of the things that we say and that we really stand firm in is that we are honoring. It's part of our culture. When you come onto the team, when you're serving at Soul Revival Church, when you're part of the family, that's just what we're choosing to do. We're choosing based on scripture, to say we are going to be honoring. And I just want to read you our culture code. We choose to honor God by honoring people in the way that we treat others and the way that we speak of others. We are not gossipers. We are not slanderers. We are not pot stirrers. As far as it depends on us, we will be peacemakers, and we will honor with our words. We honor and respect our leaders, our team, our church family, every guest that comes in, 
The way that we speak, the way that we use our words is to bring life and to build up and not tear down. And part of honoring well is handling conflict in a way that honors God and honors people involved. How many people know that where there's people, there's conflict? We're just a bunch of broken people trying to look more like Jesus and you get us all together with different personalities and bad days sometimes and, you know, conflict comes. It's part of life. But the choice that we have is how are we going to handle conflict? How are we going to use our words to bring about peace, to speak life, to believe the best about everyone involved? instead of choosing to tear down and destroy and divide. We base it on Matthew 18. If there's an issue, if there's conflict, if there's any concerns whatsoever, go to the source. Go to the person that you feel offended by. Go to the person that you feel upset by. Go to the person who hurt your feelings. Go to the source. We never choose to engage in gossip. I grew up in the church, so this means sometimes we have to choose not to share that prayer request. Do you know what I mean? When you get with your friends and you're like, will you please pray for me? So-and-so did this and this and this, and it really made me mad, and I don't know how to deal with it. Could you just say a prayer? Well, that's gossip. Because have you gone to the source? Have you gone to the person that wronged you? The word of God says if you have an issue, go to the person, and if you can't resolve it, go get a mediator, someone you trust in the church, and then go and talk to them with the mediator. We don't go sharing our junk with everyone and their brother. We go to the source. Because a healthy church, a healthy person, is an honoring one. Ephesians 4, 29 through 32 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. I also want to look at Matthew chapter 12, starting at verse 33. I want to look at what Jesus actually says about the fruit being produced from our life. He says, and this, I want to bring some context, I guess, around this. Jesus is speaking to the religious people. He's speaking to the Pharisees who are constantly causing doubt and cutting him down and trying to get people to doubt who Jesus is saying that he is. And so he's speaking to them. He says, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You broad of snakes. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines 
what you say. A good person produces good things from a treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. In other translations, it says we must give an account for every careless word we utter. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying the fruit is bad because the root is bad. The fruit is bad because the root is bad. See, with Jesus, it always comes back to the condition of our heart. Always comes back to what's going on inside. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. What we speak flows out of the abundance of what is inside our heart. God doesn't care. He's not in the business about, of behavior modification. He's not trying to just change the things you say and change the things you do. He wants to be invited in to transform us from the inside out. He cares about why you're saying the things that you're saying, why you're doing the things that you're doing, what is going on in your heart. And what are the good fruits that he wants to produce in us? Well, we can find these in Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit, this shiny red apple here. This is a byproduct of the Holy Spirit's work within our hearts. Because I want to tell you that you can't simply produce, try hard enough, do enough to produce these fruits on your own. Apart from him, you can't. But when you invite the Holy Spirit in, these are the fruits produced by the Holy Spirit transforming our life from the inside out. Now, our speech will be full of love. Our speech will be full of joy. Our speech will be full of peace. We will produce kindness and patience and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness. And we will have self-control. We will be able, through the power of the Holy Spirit, if we invite him in, to control our tongue. Because see, our words that we choose to say on any given moment actually are saying more than what they're saying. They're revealing a condition of our heart. They're revealing what's going on inside. They're revealing our character. They're revealing our level of spiritual maturity. But the word, God's word, in us, transforming us from the inside out, now when we speak that out, it reveals his character. It reveals who he is. It reveals the power of his work within us. See, the fruit of the Spirit, that's our public witness to a very private pursuit of Jesus. It's in the morning when we wake up and no one else is awake and we choose to get in the word of God, to meditate on scripture, to ask the Holy Spirit to transform our hearts, create in me a pure heart, renew in me a steadfast spirit. That's a prayer that we pray every day because we know how easy it is to fall to our flesh 
We know how easy it is to get caught up in our feelings, maybe of anger or frustration, or we've had a bad day, and then those are the things that we say, and because those are the things that we say, that's the direction our life begins to take. Because there's power in our words. But when we have a personal invitation to the Holy Spirit, and we choose to surrender our life to him, we can live a life full of the fruit of the Spirit. What we put in is what comes out. That's what Jesus said, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what are we choosing to put in? What are we choosing to fill our hearts and our minds with? What conversations are we allowing to happen in in and around us? What conversations are we engaging in on a day-to-day basis? The Holy Spirit is a gift to us to help us, to empower us, so that we can live a life producing the fruit of the Spirit. And as he transforms our hearts, the byproduct is the fruit. John 7, 38 through 39, Jesus gives us a promise. And this was before he ascended back into heaven. He said, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water flow from his heart. And when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into glory. See, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to do it alone. We don't have to produce it on our own, and we can't. The very Spirit of the living God dwells within us if we've chosen a relationship with Jesus. We're no longer slaves to our flesh. We're no longer slaves to our sin struggles but we can live surrendered and free to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up as I kind of get ready to close. The hope for every one of us is that, yes, we may struggle. Yes, we may make mistakes. But every day, his mercies are new. Every day, he gives us forgiveness. Every day, he comes close to those who have a broken heart for the things of him. So maybe we used to find value or find affirmation in being in the know, getting to share all the latest gossip of what's going on with other people in their lives. Maybe we used to build friendships this way. I know so many friendships that were based on a common dislike of another person. Maybe we used to do that. Maybe we used to get together and gripe and complain about all of the other people and all of the things that are wrong with our workplace and all of the things that are wrong in our family. Maybe we used to do that. Maybe we used to default to negative thinking and negative self-talk and complaining and criticizing others. Maybe we grew up in a family that gossip was the way that they connected. Maybe we used to do that. But here's the promise of Jesus, is that in Jesus, you are a new 
creation. And we have the opportunity every single day, multiple times a day, to die to our flesh, to die to the old, and to allow him to make us new, to allow him to produce the good fruit that he wants to in our lives. We bear witness to his power at work within us. John 4, 14, Jesus said, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Guys, we don't have to allow our tongue to spew out of a salty spring. We have the power of the living God in us, helping us to desire the things of him, helping us to produce a right spirit and good fruit from our life. There's a better way. Our words, they matter. Our words hold power. We have the power to bring life to any situation or death. We have the power to tear down or build up. We have the power to prophesy the promises of God over our situation, over our struggles, over our obstacles, or to to speak negativity, to only see the things that go wrong. There's power in the words that we're choosing to share. And so I want to ask ourselves this morning, have the things that I've been saying Have they been bringing life or causing death? Have they been bringing unity or causing division? Have they been bringing encouragement or sucking the air out of the room? Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I don't want you to hear that list and think, oh man, that's a whole lot of things that I gotta do, that how could I possibly? I want you to hear that list and be encouraged and say, God, I want that in my life. Will you produce that in my life? Will you refine me? Would you transform me from the inside out? Would you make my life be that of of one that pours out life to others, that points people to you and not me. Because out of the same mouth, we can't possibly bring God glory while we're tearing everything down. And God cares about every single word that we say because he cares about the condition of our hearts, which is the reason why we say what we say. It's out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. And his invitation is simply to a better way. He said, hey, I know it's hard in that workplace. I know there's a lot of negative people. You're not called to be one of them. You're called to bring life. You're called to speak life. You're called to be an encouragement. You're called to build people up. I've placed you there. I've positioned you there. He's looking for children 
who would not succumb to the things of this world, who would not let our speech be dictated by what the world says is okay, but that we have a new standard in Christ and that we, have a new cre- we are a new creation in him. It's a better way. It's a better way. And in that invitation for all of us, we never close a service without giving an invitation to someone in the room, someone watching online, who may not have stepped into a relationship with Jesus. And maybe you're living beaten down by life. And you're struggling with these same things. Negative self-talk, spirit of criticism, complaining, anger, frustration. And you're tired of that being what's produced in you and around you. I want you to know that Jesus offers a better way. That he loves you and that he sees you right where you're at that he meets us in the middle of our brokenness, in the middle of our mess, but he has a better way. And when you step into a relationship with Jesus, you get to become a new creation in Christ and receive eternal salvation and forgiveness for all of the wrong things that you have done or could ever possibly do. And that's the gift of grace. So in this moment, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give an invitation to someone in this room right now who the Holy Spirit's been working on your heart and you don't have a relationship with Jesus yet, but you want it. You want to see your life transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. You want to receive forgiveness for the things that you've been doing wrong. And you want to step into wholeness as a new creation in him. If that's you in this room, I want to pray over you. So would you be so bold to just raise your hand in this moment? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? I just want to be able to pray over you right now as you receive this relationship with Jesus. Thank you. God, I pray for the hands raised right now. I know that you are working and you are speaking, and you are inviting them home. God, I pray that you would do a work within all of us to look more like you, to be transformed from the inside out by the power of your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you that you've said that you cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, that you don't hold them against us anymore, and that you desire better for our life, that there's a better way. And God, we're sorry when our mouths have gotten us into trouble. We're sorry when the words we've said on Sunday don't match the words we speak on Monday. We're sorry when the words we've said has brought division and hurt and slander and gossip. When we've spoken badly about ourselves as your creation, we're sorry. And I thank you for your forgiveness. And we invite you right now, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and do a work within us that we could never do on our own. Our lives, our hearts are laid down in surrender to you. Holy Spirit, have your way. Transform us, make us new. Help us to be able to control our tongue 
instead of using our words to point people away from you, that we would be able to use our words to point people to you in us, to prophesy over our situation the promises of who you are and what you have for our life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.